This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Hawkeyes are fresh off their bye week and are hoping to go into the horseshoe and upset what I think is the number one team in the country, but officially ranked number two. Ohio State Buckeyes. David Eichel here, 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. Please be joined by my friend and colleague, Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts.com. They do a, a tremendous job covering the Buckeyes over there. And, uh, hey, Pat, I, I appreciate you hopping on, man. Absolutely. Good to talk with you. Yeah, you too. So, I guess I Ohio State fans won't like me saying this because it's a Michigan almost reference, but it really feels like this year is almost like a revenge tour for them. It really seems like they've had an added chip on their shoulder. I think it's the deepest wide receiver group in the history of college football, maybe up there with that 2019 LSU, maybe, you know, Devontae Smith when, when he was at Alabama, that group. Uh, but what, what, just give me your overall impression of this Ohio State team, and obviously they've lived up to expectations, I'm assuming, to start the year. Certainly. I mean, you're, you're 6-0. and um, Their average margin of victory is – I. I Calculated last week. I don't remember. You know, it's up over 30 points a game. The closest game they've played was week one against Notre Dame, and that was an 11 point win. Obviously, Notre Dame hasn't been that good, but you know, you had all summer to game plan for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I mean, I think Iowa fans are, are well aware of what the Buckeyes do offensively. It's CJ Stroud, it's those receivers. They've gotten the running game going even more than they did a year ago. It's, it, you know, it just kind of is what it is. The defense has been the biggest jump uh, this season. You know, the last two years, that's been their Achilles heel. It, it, and it certainly hurt them last year. 2020, it didn't until the national championship game. But I think if you play that season out in a normal year with 12 regular season games, maybe they get sniped at some point because of that. Brought in Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State in the offseason. As the new defensive coordinator, Ryan Day wanted a guy who would be the head coach of the defense and just kind of run that on that side of the ball. He's done that. Um, you know, had Oklahoma State as a top five defense last year and now has more talent than, than he had at Oklahoma State, natural talent. Yeah. It's it's been surprising that they've picked up some of the stuff as quickly as they as the defense has. Even Jim Knowles has admitted they were a bit of ahead of schedule early in the year, but it's you know, it's a group that while it hasn't been tested yet hasn't played, you know, a very a, a good offense at all. I think Toledo is the best offense they've played, and, and they are good, not great. Um, but they're doing the things that you expect an Ohio State defense to do, which could not be said of the group the last two years. I mean, simple things like, you know, rallying to the football and making open field tackles and, and things like that. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to argue with the top. You know, they should be top of the, the rankings. I think when the college football playoff rankings come out, if the Buckeyes continue to do what they've done the first six weeks, they will be number one. Obviously, yeah. we know AP and coaches poll don't change very much throughout the season. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a team that I hasn't been tested, but what it what tests have been there, they've passed this far. Let me ask you about the offense. I mean, again, I think it's the best offense in the country. CJ Stroud, unbelievable. I think it's between him and Hendon Hooker right now for the Heisman. I think they have to be your number one and two. Guy I kind of want to focus on that I think is the nation's most underrated player. I said before the season, I think Travion Henderson's most underappreciated player in America. I thought he was tremendous last year. Obviously, they got Mayan Williams, who's done a great job. But you look at this Ohio State team, and you talk about the offense. I mean, Patrick, is Henderson fifth? The fifth name you come up with? I mean, you probably go with C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, they're Mayan Williams, maybe fifth, maybe sixth. So focus in on that, uh, that running game and kind of that duo between Henderson and Williams and what kind of separates them, what's kind of allowed them to, I'll say, take pressure off C.J. Stroud. He just looks like he's playing much more relaxed this season. Yeah, I think he knows he doesn't have to do everything. He just has to get the balls to the guys on the outside because he has a running game. I mentioned that Notre Dame game before. That second half, Ohio State just leaned on the running game, which was something they couldn't do last year, even though Travion Henderson had big numbers for a freshman. It, it wasn't a, a group that could, you know, go win you a game by itself. And, and this year they, they may be able to do that. Um, you mentioned Travion. Look, coming into the year, I thought he was going to be the guy for the Buckeyes. There was talk about, you know, two running backs, maybe even a third running back in the mix. And I was like, look, Travion Henderson's too talented. You don't take that guy off the field. I have admitted that I was wrong. Mayan Williams has been one of the biggest surprises in my mind because he was good last year. He was actually the starting running back week one for Ohio state until Travion Henderson took that over, but I didn't see the jump that he's made. I mean, if you look at, you know, pro football focus, take that for what it is, but those type of ratings, those metrics, Mayan Williams is significantly higher rated than, than Travion Henderson. Obviously, his he's higher up in, in the stats too. Mm-hmm. He's played a bit more than, than Travion has due to injuries and whatnot. Um, but I, I think the reason it's worked so well is because these guys have bought into the, look, let's do what's best for the team. And that's been kind of the theme, especially of the offense this year. CJ Stroud kind of leading the way. This team put up big numbers offensively last year. They just didn't win the, the games they needed to. That game against Oregon, that game against Michigan – And I think they realize that this is a team that has the potential to obviously win the big 10, but, but also win a national championship. If all the pieces come together and, and, you know, the word selfless gets used quite a bit. And I think they've done that. You know, a lot of teams say that. And then when push comes to shove and let's be fair, Ohio state hasn't been shoved yet, but you know, they they don't seem to have a lot of guys that are concerned about, look, I want to put up these stats. I mean, you, you listed the wide receivers there, they could be guys, there could be guys in that room that want, you know, a hundred yards a game. And some of them get that, but it doesn't have to happen for each guy. They celebrate with each other. So I think it just worked chemistry wise and selflessly wise and, and things like that for this group. And, and the running back room is a, an example of that with two guys who could be stars elsewhere, willing to kind of sacrifice numbers to, to do what's best for the group. You know, I've been a big fan of Ryan Day. I've been pretty vocal about that. I think he's one of the best head coaches in the country. I think he's probably one of the best people 
as that's a coach in the country, I really don't hear a lot of, you know, behind the scenes sort of stuff that we hear about top coaches from time to time. But I did want to bring this up. It's impossible to talk about Iowa, Ohio State without bringing up 2017. I know you you wrote an article on it today. Uh, and, you know, even before the season, and I think this was an underrated point that people weren't focusing on is, I know the game was long ago, like long ago, there's nobody like player wise that's still on it. But the amount of times Iowa fans have brought up 55.4 to Ohio State. I mean, this is a game where I really feel like Ryan Day took very personally. I believe that was his first year on staff as well. Correct. Yep. yep. So I guess you, you've been around the team. You've been interviewing the guys. I mean, what's been sort of the, the vibe around that 2017 game? What sort of message is being pushed by the coaching staff to the players? I was surprised how willing guys were to admit that that was something they were talking about this week. I thought it would be a lot of, look, that was years ago. Most of us weren't here. Even the coaches that were, I figured we probably would, they wouldn't want to talk about it. And it's been the exact opposite. Ryan day on Tuesday, which was his first day meeting with the media really leaned into it. He called it that that game scarred Ohio state. And that still sits with him. And you, you mentioned it. it was his first year as the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. The offense, obviously, that day was abysmal, turning the ball over four times. Uh, you know, once Ohio, Iowa started to, to get ahead, they, they couldn't catch up. Um, you know, I, that's clearly stuck with him. And, uh, you know, I imagine that is the case. We haven't talked to the other coaches that were on staff then. But from what Ryan Day said and, and from what the players have said, it's been brought up a, a good amount. And I think some of that has to do with, reminding the team in addition to, you know, maybe spinning that in sort of a revenge narrative, so to speak. Um, also just reminding the team that, that things like that can happen if you don't prepare well. One of the players talked about how Ryan Day said Ohio State that week, they're coming off that big Penn State comeback win. And he said that, that they didn't take practice seriously enough that week. And you know, they just didn't do the little things throughout the week of practice. And I think that is, is important for this team if you want to reach where you want to go. Ryan Day's used the term competitive stamina all year. And I think this is just another example of that. Look, handle your business Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Makes it a lot easier to, to do so on Saturday. And that team didn't do that that year and, and obviously got bit. And he doesn't want to see the same thing happen. So, like I said, it surprised me how much they've leaned into it. But I think there's a method to the madness there. That's one of those games, even Kirk said when we, he was asked about this week, he said, you know, sometimes things just happen. He said, that game just happened. And, you know, I wasn't covering the team then. I remember watching that game, though. And it was one of those vibes that first, I mean, literally the first play, that after the pick six, my first thought is, oh, my God, Iowa's going to win this game. It just felt like everything was scripted perfectly in Iowa's favor. And, again, there's a distinct difference between the 2017 game and this year. I mean, it's going to be in the horseshoe. I mean – Ohio State's won, what, 27 conference games in a row, the last loss being the worst kicker celebration I think I've ever seen in my life (laughs) in Michigan State, right? Yep. Um, But, you know, it is interesting just looking back in the history lesson. And even if you go back, I mean, the amount of games that have been canceled between Iowa and Ohio State, like this, I think Ohio State obviously has the upper advantage in the series. But when you look at the game by game over the past, what, 15 years or so, there have been some really, really good battles between Ohio State, between Iowa. I think back to, I think it was the 2009 season, Iowa, Ricky Stanzi uh, got hurt, ended Iowa's magical season. Uh, Trey Strauss, who's a highly recruited wide receiver, didn't haul in a couple touchdowns, but he wanted an offer from the Buckeyes. 
And, you know, we got a chance to talk to Brad Banks, Robert Gallery, and those guys. And I'm, I have a story coming out in the next couple of days about it, but they would have loved to get a crack at Ohio State back in 2002 sure. in the midst of it. Um, but what I'm getting at is it's, it's been, a, I think, a fun rivalry that, you know, Iowa fans have wanted to play Ohio State again. I mean, it's, it's been no secret about that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast uh but let's dive in a little bit more of the specifics about the game plan i know the the, obviously a top matchup that needs to be talked about it's you know it's ohio state's offense iowa's defense and i i've argued iowa's defense is better than they've shown statistically even though their statistics are really good because they've been forced to be on the field so much. Right. Uh, you know, I think Iowa's defensive line is, is made strides. Jack Campbell, still Jack Campbell. I know this is a game that Justin Jacobs has taken very personally because Ohio state was trying to flip him late in that process, but he's out for the year. But I guess when you analyze Iowa's defense and Ohio state's offense, what are some of the things that you're kind of pinpointing and, and maybe looking for matchup wise? Well, we talked about that run game, and I'm curious if, as, as some teams have, have done to Ohio State, like, okay, prove you can beat us with the run. We know C.J. Stroud's a Heisman Trophy candidate. We know your receivers. So we're going to sit back, keep everything in front of us, and prove that these running backs can, can drive down the field, that C.J. Stroud will be patient and not try and force a big play. You know, I compare it a lot to what teams did to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, a year ago where, you know, it just – Patrick Mahomes wants the big play, right? All the time. And, and CJ Stroud has proven that he's, he's okay taking the underneath stuff and, and whatnot, but he's also the last three games has thrown an interception on some, some, one was a misread play, but the other two were, were looking to get downfield. So look, Iowa's defense is going to do what Iowa's defense does. There's, there's not a lot of, of mystery, I think there, but one of the things that impresses me a lot about it is 
okay, when teams do get down the field, when they do score maybe early, the adjustments that Iowa makes, um, Phil Parker and, and Kevin Wilson, who said he's known him back to when he first started at Iowa, maybe even before, was, was really praising what Phil Parker did this week. Um, and I, I just think it's impressive how, regardless of the offense, and, and I know – you know, Michigan was able to to run up some some better numbers against Iowa, but even that game, they were able to to frustrate Michigan. So, I think that that will be interesting. Like I said, Ohio State hasn't been tested. The defenses they've played, some of them have looked good statistically coming in. Wisconsin was all right. Uh, Michigan State had had done well against the past, but I don't think they've faced. I know they haven't faced anything like this and I'm just interested to see what part of the game they Iowa tries to take away because you know you can't take it all away I yeah. mean, there's, Ohio State's got too many weapons and and that ultimately is probably the difference but if you can make it a game into the third fourth quarter you know Notre Dame was able to do that a little bit make things a little uneasy you, you never know. I mean, especially Ohio State playing at home, the fans start getting uneasy and, and there's a little pressure there. Um, you know, I, I think that's got to be the key with with this game is figuring out a way to contain things for as long as possible and and probably turnovers, too. Right. That's that's got to be the difference. That was the difference in 2017. Yeah. Four interceptions and one of them for a touchdown. So I think that, you know, that is a very intriguing thing to me I know a lot of fans in response to to what I wrote earlier this week about the number one offense against the number one defense were like well Iowa hasn't played anyone like Ohio State well I think the same can be said the other way around and so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what what gives in this game who who can push first who can make the plays that that obviously turn things you know and a lot, I mean it's no secret Iowa fans are frustrated right now with the, with the team but I mean you look at the defense and I know you and I talked off off the record for a bit I mean, this defense is historically great for Iowa. They don't have the turnover machine that they did last year. I think back to the 2017 game as well. I think Josh Jackson had three picks in that game, including that one-hander. Um, but, you know, I'm interested uh, in what Ohio State's offense schemes up because there's no, there's no secret that they love to take the ball down the field. They love taking those deep shots. While Phil Parker's entire defense is predicated on not allowing those explosive plays. Iowa's the only team in the country that hasn't allowed a play of 40 yards or more. And Riley Moss, I'm still kind of waiting for that breakout game for him. I mean, right now he hasn't really been spectacular. I'd argue he's been Iowa's third best cornerback. I think Terry Roberts has been better. I think Cooper DeGene is going to be up there for defensive back of the year in the Big Ten, despite being a true sophomore. I think he's going to win it eventually. And, you know, it's not a surprise just what Phil Parker does. Sure. But I'm, I'm very curious how risky Ohio State's going to be because even if they have a couple turnovers, like, let's be real, Patrick. I, in my opinion, Iowa does not win unless they score a defensive touchdown. Like, if they have any hope of winning, like, their defense or special teams have to put the ball in the end zone because yeah. we've seen time and time again this season where Iowa's defense has gotten down at the four-yard line. They've gotten them down the 10, and then Iowa still finds a way to go backwards. And it's just – you know, again, I think that's why Iowa fans, they're aging 10 years each game week. And it was kind of crazy to, to hear last week how many Iowa fans were like, you know, I'm happy they aren't playing this week. Like, I'm, it's nice to watch, you know, backyard football, as Brian Ferentz described, mobile quarterbacks, which kind of, uh, you know, upraised the, uh, the fan base. But, you know, we have to talk about Ohio State's defense versus Iowa's offense. I know people are probably rolling their eyes in the back of their head right now, but still, you know, it's a crucial part of the game. With with 
how impressive Ohio State's defense been? I think Tommy Eichenberg's had a, had a fantastic year. I think it's been a long time coming for him personally. Yeah. I'm curious what has worked against Ohio State's defense this year. What's at least caused him a little trouble, if anything? The two outside cornerbacks have been unimpressive, to say the least. Uh, Denzel Burke, who was a freshman All-American last year, hasn't taken the leap I think many expected. Uh, Dave Biddle, our, my, my colleague at Bucknuts, you know Dave well, um, he pointed out on, on something we were doing earlier today, Ohio State played a lot of zone last year, and now they're playing a lot of more press man, and that could be messing with, with the way Denzel Burke plays. But I don't think you come to Ohio State as a corner and not be ready to play press man. So, you know, he certainly has to figure that out. Cameron Brown has not played well. I was writing something that, that is going out today that, uh, you know, if you, look, if you buy into the PFF ratings, and, and I know there's questions about those, but Burke rate, rates outside the top 600 and Brown's outside the top 750 in terms of coverage grades for cornerbacks. Like, you, you can't have that. If, if you end up playing, you know, say a Tennessee or an Alabama in, in a college football playoff a team that can really throw the ball. You're in trouble with, with that kind of play. Now, both guys have dealt with injuries. They're both healthy now. So, so maybe that changes things a little bit, but the, the play just hasn't been good. They're not getting their heads around to the ball. A lot of times there's been some penalties on both guys. It'll be interesting to see if they perform better coming off of, of, of a bye week and, and maybe if there's some adjustments, they have some young guys that have had to play because of the injuries but that's really where I think teams have been able, not definitely have been able to get after them. You know, uh, Michigan State had no problem going at both of those cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame a little bit too. So yeah, I'd say that you know if, if you can get a matchup you like on the outside, take a shot because you, you at least have a good chance of getting a penalty drawn at least with the way they've played thus far. I was going to say, I mean, if you're Iowa at this point, you're three and three, the offense needs anything. I mean, I'm, this is why I'm very curious what Brian Ferentz and Kirk have tried to scheme up, but you know, at the same time, for example, I asked Kirk yes on, on Tuesday. I mean, what specifically are one or two things they've kind of keyed in on over the bye week to, to take that next step offensively. And Kirk just, he, he kind of danced around it. And then he started talking about Ohio state's defensive front. And that tells me he's very, very worried about what, they could they could end up doing um and it's something you know just go topic topic i really wanted to ask you just from the ohio state perspective obviously everybody knows luke lachey it's ohio state fan because father jim lachey you know there's i I can't remember the specific recruiting details of it i know i think ohio state a couple of tight ends committed at that time but i was still very surprised that they didn't prioritize getting luke on the team. So I guess just from the Ohio state perspective, what was kind of the background story there? Yeah, I, I think you, you hit it on the head. They, they had some guys already in the, in the program. Um, they definitely were interested, you know, Luke grew up. I mean, he lived, you could bike to the horseshoe from, from where he grew up. Um, it was funny. His dad was, does uh, the color commentary or the analyst role for Ohio state's radio. And, uh, Ryan Day did his radio show on, on Thursday and he is asking him questions about Iowa's offense and I'm just waiting for him to bring up his son and the the other guy brought up uh, you know the tight ends for Iowa and they didn't name names but yeah. I, I, I just thought it was interesting because obviously everyone in the room knows that Ryan Day was asked about um, 
Lachey earlier this week while his dad sat in the back of the team meeting room. It, so, it, you know, just a funny dynamic there. But, yeah, it was someone Ohio State was certainly interested in. I just think they had other guys that – I don't remember ratings-wise how it worked out, but, you know, whether it was they committed first or guys that they were just more interested in, I can't remember offhand either. But, um, it, you know, it's definitely a guy they, they were interested in, but just the situation, I would say, didn't pan out in, in a way to, to get him here. And I think, honestly, it's, it's worked out well. You know, Ohio State has thrown to the tight end more this year, but – it hasn't, it's still not a, an offense that uses the tight end outside of blocking a ton. And, and I know he can do that too, but, you know, I think it's probably worked out best case scenario. He's still in the big 10. His dad's able to, to follow his career closely. And I know he does, um, you know, I've seen him in the press box halftime and stuff, checking, checking scores. And, you know, the first thing he looks at is, is what Iowa's doing, what his son's doing. So yeah. I think it's worked out, you know, best case scenario other than him, obviously getting to Ohio state, which, which was the goal when he was, uh, you know, younger for sure. Sure. No, I, I, I was just thinking about, as you were answering that, I'd be very curious to listen to the Ohio state radio team. If Luke Lachey scores against oh, yeah. Ohio state, because I think I'd love to hear kind of Jim's reaction or how he'd kind of kind of play that off there. Uh, but look, I, I guess we've kind of danced around it a little bit. Uh, what, uh, what's your kind of keys to the game for Ohio state? Give me your final prediction. And, uh, and why you're kind of feeling that? Well, I think we touched on a lot of it. I think, you know, for Ohio State, it's going to be being patient with the ball. I think Iowa's defense will cause them as much issues as, as anyone has this year. And, you know, you just – you don't want to make the mistake that, you know, from an Ohio State perspective that keeps Iowa hanging around in the game. Um, you know, CJ shattered his first pick six two weeks ago against Michigan State – he bounced right back. They went down the field. They scored. It, it wasn't an issue, but you, you just don't want that to become a thing. Right. And um, so if that means a, a heavy run game or, you know, check downs uh, stuff underneath, I think you've just got to be willing to take that. And like I said before, they have been pretty good about, about that stuff on defense. I mean, it's, it's just kind of go out there and handle your job. Right. And unless this bye week has, has Iowa cooking up something really different, which, you never know, I guess, on a bye week. But, uh, you know, I, I think that this defense doesn't have a ton to worry about. But yeah. you don't – again, similar thing to the offense. You don't want to make the mistake because you weren't ready, you weren't prepared, you're not looking in the right places that, you know, Iowa gets a big play. Um, I do think the tight ends will be interesting just to see how Ohio State covers that. It's, it's obviously – Going back to 2017, that was a big position, and it's been an issue for Ohio State in the past. This is a dis different defense this year, as we talked about before, and they handled Notre Dame's Michael Mayer pretty well in that opener. So just to see how they defend that will, will be interesting, and, and obviously that'll be key as well. Um, I haven't done a prediction yet. We, do, we put those out on Friday, but um, I would say just generally – you know, I expect Ohio State to to win fairly comfortably in this one. As you said, I think a defensive score, you know, I know Iowa has got two safeties. I think they came in the same game, right? This yeah, year? it was South Dakota State when they had a field goal and two safeties get seven <laughs> oh, points. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> stuff like that could, I think, maybe it make it a little interesting. But, I, you know, the, the thing that teams have done – when they've been able to beat or hang in games with Ohio state the last few years is, is you score with the Buckeyes. And 
I think that's harder to do this year. And I just, I just can't see a way that Iowa does that given what we've seen from, from this Hawkeye team this season. You know, and it's, it's wild to me because, you know, I, I asked Kirk about this after the Illinois game and I, I asked him basically, you know, are you looking to maybe make a move in the bye week? And, you know, I think it's the question that kind of broke the Iowa face when he brought, well, we won 10 games last year. And everybody's response was immediately, Kirk, you won 10 games in spite of the offense last year. I mean, they were 121st in total offense, 114th in completion percentage. And, uh, you know, and it's it's crazy. Granted, look, Iowa lost Charlie Jones, Tyrone Tracy. Charlie, we've seen what he's done at Purdue right now. That hasn't exactly left a good taste in, in Iowa fans' mouths. Um, Sam Laporta, I still think, is having a little bit of drop issues, like, I don't think it's a talent issue. I mean, Iowa is starting four offensive linemen that are sophomores, one true freshman, like one freshman, like you're not going to be able to get away in the big 10 with that. You're, you're, you're just not. So, uh, you know, I think Iowa fan base, it's, it's temperature is about what it was in 2014 when they went four and eight, and then they came back in 2015, obviously went 12 and zero in the regular season. But uh, I'm very curious how Iowa fans are going to respond after this week. Because I'm personally, I don't know if you were, I was not surprised to see the spread as much as it was. A lot of people were. Yeah. I mean, I'm always a little shocked when it's that high, but it's been that high a lot for Ohio state the last six, you know, this this season, I guess. So, you know, I, it's kind of, uh, I've kind of gotten used to it, I guess, but you know, it's still always like, because they haven't covered it a lot this year. Uh, Yeah. So you know, I, I'm always a little surprised just when it's that high, especially in a Big Ten game. I, I was too, but then, like I said, you you like, I mean, you watch Iowa's offense. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it, what more can you really say? We're just beating a dead horse. But uh, hey, Patrick, I I really appreciate you hopping on, uh, giving Iowa fans the scoop about Ohio State. Uh, you know, here's to hopefully what's a fun game. But uh, I always appreciate catching up with you and and Dave and. And Steve and all those guys at bucknuts.com. So thanks for stopping by, dude. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. David Eichel, Patrick Murphy on the Swarmcast. Be sure to stay tuned to 24-7 Sports for the latest in Iowa, Ohio State, college football, college basketball, and everything else for the top coverage there. So follow me on Twitter at David Eichel and Hawkeyes on 247. Until then, be sure to be on the lookout for Sean Bach and I's podcast, which will be released on Friday morning. Take care.